Yo, yo, everybody. Welcome to Sunday service. Today is February 13th, the day before you all get laid on February 14th, Valentine's Day. You can tell Cody's gearing up for getting laid. Look at that manly beard he's growing. I've never seen something so thick in my life, bro. Wow. Uh, today is also the day of the Super Bowl, and we have a very low likelihood of people showing up to Sunday service today, but we're still going to talk about JVing and getting into this business, utilizing joint venturing. Cody and I are going to help you guys understand what joint venture means. I freaking want to do a deal with somebody in this audience, dude. I want to do a deal. Oh, my wife is here. Laura Morby. My, look at her, dude. <laughs> wow. How's your mic? Let's hear it. Let's see, hear what you got today. Hello. Hello. There he is. There's Cody Barton, everybody. Cody, um, do you remember the first JV deal you ever did? I mean, my first deal, I guess, technically was a JV deal. Or are we talking that somebody No, I mean, that, that's somebody. where I was trying to go. Like, your first deal was a JV deal. Yeah. I mean, that that's, you know, like we've talked about before, It's that's generally where most people do their first deal, really, is with somebody else that's more experienced than them just so they can kind of guide them through it. Right. So... We've got a lot of people actually here. We've got, I'm actually surprised we have a couple hundred people here. Pretty awesome between Cody's channel, my channel, et cetera. Um, I've got a JV agreement document that we're going to be, oh, look at this. I got to give Kelly some feedback on this, but let's, let's look at this. Hold on a second. Our, our graphic team needs a little bit of help. Watch this guys. I'm going to, I'm going to give you guys some uh, feedback of how my brain works. <laughs> I do not like this at all. Check this out. Why are we floating in the middle of nowhere? Like put a box around us, do something like make us stand up. Show us the, show us the, show the bottom, right? But guys, if you want a JV agreement, so joint venture agreement, uh, go to this link right here. Uh, I, get, I didn't get it. Let me get it. Um, why is our team, why are Cody, why are you and I floating, bro? I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. Classic, classic, classic. All right, guys. So Cody and I, this is a JV agreement we use all the time. People that do deals with us, um, this agreement, you guys can go in there, download it and JV with each other. So here's what I want to do. I want to JV with somebody in this audience, bro. That's what we're doing today. We're, we have a JV agreement. Um, we're giving it to you guys. And uh, Imran says, not Imran, uh, Pearls says, Y'all are elevated. Yeah. We would be a lot more elevated if you sold us a deal. Okay. So Cody, let's go through what does it look like for other people to do deals with us? Oh yeah. I mean, how do people, so is there a, a way people can like Marika high pace want a JV with me? Yeah. Well, my sister's name is Marika. Is that my sister Marika or is that a different person named Marika? Well, I would say, first of all, where, where do we want to do the, where do we want to do deals at pace? Well, here's, here's three ways to joint venture with us. Okay. There's three ways to joint venture. Number one, be a private lender of ours. If you guys are interested in private lending, we are raising capital. Marika says it's a different Marika. Thank goodness. Cause that sister of mine is sure not into real estate. I'd be super surprised if she was in here. Okay. You can, we're, we're raising capital for a fund. Cody and I are doing our first multifamily fund here soon. And you guys can get in touch with us. What's Molly's email? Let's put Molly's email in the side chat, Cody, so that people can reach out to Molly if they're interested in being part of our multifamily fund. 
Um, we are going to be doing multifamily with some creative finance elements to multifamily. Alejandro Alvarez, by the way, just told me he got another deal off of a list that we provided to him. He has now made $250,000 or so on that list. One list. That's amazing. One list. Okay. All That's these awesome. lists. Um, Yara says, I'm interested in being a private lender pace. I know Yara, but I don't think you want to lend money to us anymore. Okay. Liam Keen, we are, it doesn't matter if you're accredited or not accredited. We want to talk to you because we have multiple different types of opportunities. You don't have to be accredited to lend money to us on our fix and flips. Okay. So if you guys want to JV with us on our fix and flips, you guys want to be part of the process. What's cool, Yara, our, she's actually here in the side chat. Yara, have you felt like your learning real estate was amplified by actually being a private lender of ours on a couple of deals? I hope the answer is yes, because most of our lenders are like, I love that I'm actually part of an active deal. I get a call Cody or call Molly or call, call the title company. I'm in your guys' Slack channel. So if you are a private lender of ours, even on our fix and flips, you're going to learn a lot more by being in active deals and getting a monthly return than you would by sitting on the sidelines. So Yara says, yes, with three exclamation points, she has learned a tremendous amount by being a private lender. Um, Bo Howard says, what's the turnaround on lending for a fix and flip? If you lend on one of our fix and flips, the turnaround could be anywhere between three to six months. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Trey says, there's no way there's only 200. Well, there's 275 people in here right now, but that's kind of what happens when you're literally in the third quarter of the Super Bowl. That's what happens. Usually you have 900 to 1,000 people in here on Sunday service. So we expected a lower turnout and that's perfectly fine. No big deal. We're happy about it. Um, we got to do this every Sunday because we're consistent. We show up because we're consistent. We made a commitment and we stick to it. Um, so if you guys are, there's three ways to JV with us. Number one, Lend money to us. And you can lend money to us on our fix and flips. That's a three to six month turnaround. You don't have to be accredited or non-accredited. You could be, um, you know, even some, somebody with a small amount of money, okay? Um, another way to lend money to us is actually be an accredited investor. And we are going to be putting a fund together. That fund will be done in the next two to three weeks. And that will be going after apartment complexes. You will be our partner on that deal. Um, and then also if you are a non-accredited investor, at some point this year, we plan on doing another capital raise or a fund that allows non-accredited investors into that fund. So please reach out. Cody, can you put Molly's email in there one more time so I can put it up on the screen? Okay. So that's the first way you can, you can JV with us. You can actually be a lender and be involved in deals and make a return, right? So send an email to Molly at America Home Offers if you guys are interested in lending money to us, either on fix and flips or on other stuff. Um, we have a call coming up next week for accredited investors to talk to them about the first fund that's coming up. So if you guys want to get on that call, it's going to be a private call. Please email Molly at American Home Offer, America Home Offers, um, dot com to get into that call. All right. Now, the second way to JV with us is actually sending us deals. Okay. The second way to send uh, do JV deals with us is actually send deals to us. And we're going to go through a list of where you can send deals to us. The third way that you can do JV with us is actually um, allow us to hire you, believe it or not. Okay. We have Mark. 
Um, Mark is um, one of our acquisition guys, got his first deal working for us, right? A lot of people get their first deal by actually coming and working with us. So if you guys are looking to plug into an acquisition company for at least a year, we are not taking anybody unless you're committed to a year of working with us. Again, email Molly at America Home Offers, and we are looking for acquisition people right now. Again, year commitment. If you are not willing to commit a year of not working on your own business, listen to this because this is some some of you entrepreneurs or people that think you're currently ready to be an entrepreneur will go, well, I'm not going to work for somebody else. I want to build my own business. Great. Then don't work for me. Because I'm not going to let you work for your own on your own business and go build your own thing for a year. The benefit is you're actually doing deals, making commissions, and making money inside of our business. We need people that are dedicated to, to working for us for at least a year. So send Molly at American Home, America Home Offers an email, whether you're a lender and you've got money that you want to privately lend and you want to be part of our deals. Two, if you have deals you want to send us, or three, if you want to work for us for at least a year, please send us an email, molly at americahomeoffers.com. Now, here's something interesting. Um, I want to know, acquisition in AZ only. Cody, if we were going to hire an acquisition person, we would want them to be in Arizona. Is that correct? Yeah, 100%. And why is that? What have we learned about that? Oh, I mean, generally, like we... Most of the deals that we lock up are over the phone, but you know we want to be able to have an Arizona acquisition person be able to go to a property if they need to, because at the end of the day, it's like I, I don't want to be going out there. Pace isn't you know going to be going out there, so we want to be able to have somebody that can go physically to the property if they need to. Um, not very often that we have to do that, but if a deal has to be pushed over the edge, it just makes it easier. I like it. I like it. Um, also, it's just better to have like the culture inside of our. Um, business. Yeah. We try doing virtual. Here's a couple of things I want people to understand. We figured out our business model, right? We don't want to be somebody that has a hundred employees in our acquisition business. We're doing multiple deals weekly. Um, we buy creative finance deals all over the country. I'm sorry. We don't buy deals all over the country. We do deals in about 18 markets with creative finance. We only do cash deals in one market in Arizona. And what we've tried is we tried having acquisition people virtual and we do, while we do have people that do acquisition for us virtual, it's very challenging to train and create a culture with those people. And so we're going away from virtual acquisition people. Um, our VAs obviously do lock up deals and they do that from the Philippines, but it is nice to just have acquisition people in your office. And so we're going back to that model of just having acquisition people in the office full-time in Arizona, okay? Um, actually, Kevin Cho, good example. Kevin, isn't it nice to be at our office? You you don't work for us, but you do deals with us. Kevin comes into our office. I think he's sold us two or three deals in the last couple of weeks. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, we have two two deals that we're doing with him right now. Perfect. So we have two deals we're doing with Kevin. So it's nice to be able to just plug into um, Alejandro says, are you keeping the virtual? Yeah, we are keeping the virtual, um, the virtual assistants that are able to close deals. We keep those virtual assistants. We have virtual assistants from startvirtual.com that do have the ability to lock up contracts. 
Um, but they're not going to be as good as me. They're not going to be as good as an acquisition person here local. And so it's kind of nice to have a blend, right? And so Cody and I have also figured out we don't want to go and do 30 contracts a month and 90 contracts a month. We don't want to be those people. We've realized that real estate is the gateway to multiple other things and holding properties is our main objective at this point. We do probably an average of three to four fix and flips monthly. We do probably five to seven wholesale deals every month. But our main objective is to buy, you know, between local properties and um, nationwide properties, our objective is to buy a few million dollars of real estate every single month and keep it in our portfolio until our grandchildren's 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 die. And so we're not going to be able to do that by just building a big ass acquisition business we build that by having a good, nimble, like boutique acquisition business and then also doing JV. And so I'd say about half of our deals come from JV and half of our deals are coming from acquisition right now. So we don't want to have a big blown out business because we actually make the majority of our money from holding our properties long term. Like last year, I think Cody and I made about $6 million in just properties going up in value made $6 million in net worth last year in properties going up in value. So our main objective is building our portfolio rather than building our acquisition business and doing more and more wholesale. No offense to wholesale, we do wholesale, but we've learned years ago that wholesale is basically a hamster wheel that's nearly impossible to get out of. You barely make enough money to take anything home and wholesale is not the way to actually free, uh, have financial freedom. Sorry, that's the truth. Um, so yeah, we do have virtual assistants that are doing our virtual acquisitions, but we are going to be building our internal team in Arizona over the next couple of months. Only people who live in Arizona. All right. So, um, Enrique says, Pace, I will move down there to work for you or with you. That is also a no-go for us. We've done this in the past. And then when people come here, Enrique, I'm sure you probably will be the one person that breaks the mold. But I realize, okay, <laughs> that people will move here and then if they don't succeed and we end up having to let them go, it's like, well, I moved here for you. Well, you like that's, that's, that's not our you problem. Up. <laughs> uh, don't move here for us, okay? Don't move here to Arizona for us. If you are in here, if you are here in Arizona, we'd love to have you come into the office and chat with us, but it's a no brain. It's a no go for us. However, here's what I would suggest. I would suggest maybe working for some of my students right? Like Alejandro Alvarez or other people. If you are a sub two student and you're looking to recruit acquisition people, please make a comment and say, we're looking for acquisition people in the side chat. Okay. Um, are you do going to consider different markets when doing multifamily deals? Yes, we are in multiple different markets for multifamily. Um, right now we own collectively a little over a hundred multifamily doors between mobile home parks, et cetera. We have over a hundred doors in that arena. And we are primarily going to be focusing on uh, mobile home parks, multifamily, maybe storage units in the next couple of years. Not really super excited about storage units, really want multifamily apartment complexes. And we know the markets that we're looking for in those. Okay. Um, you guys got a lot of students in the side chat saying they're looking to hire people, acquisition people. All right. Um, Alejandro Alvarez says, been thinking of just doing VAs for acquisitions since they are most likely not looking to learn anything and leave you in a six to 12 months. I guess that's part of the business. Cody, what are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, I I think having virtual assistants that, you know, start off with you in cold call and when they really start to understand the business and understand how your company makes money, moving them to that lead manager role um, and having them just tee up the opportunities for acquisitions people, uh, they really have to really, really understand how the psychology and everything works and getting a, a seller under contract. So um, it definitely can happen. It, that's, you know, something that we've made work in our business, but that's something that, you know, you got to be patient with. And typically the, you know, the elevation, I guess you could say is starting at cold caller, once they're proficient, there, moving to lead manager, once they're crushing it there, then seeing how you can move them into some some of those opportunities to close the, the actual sellers and acquisition piece as well. Yeah, I you know it is something that we've believed in of like let's just go uh, virtual assistant only, and virtual assistants don't leave. Like we have virtual like Mira. How long has Mira been with us? Like forever. And when will Mira leave us? Never. Yeah. Right. So yes, virtual assistants will never leave you and you can actually build your business on the back, on like the backbone of that type of structure. And it is solid and amazing, but there is something to having an acquisition person here local to go on appointments and doing other things. And so for us, we kind of yep. just figured out it's a good hybrid to have. And you only figure that out based on your own personal, um, you know, your personal resources, your personal desires, your personal office structure, all that kind of stuff. And so Alejandro, I hate to say this to you, but it's one of those things that you're going to have to figure out on your own of what you like. We realize we kind of want to stay small. We want to have less than 10 people in our acquisition business. We want to do 150 to $200,000 a month in revenue. And that's it because our time and energy should be spent more around uh, building our portfolio of holding properties than it is about wholesaling properties. And yep that's really all this is. We want to be well, we don't want to be rich anymore. We're kind of sick and tired of being rich. We want to be wealthy. You know what I'm saying? Darren Talcott says, Pace, can we clarify the differences in JV when it comes to bringing people leads versus signed deals, deal percentages and fee structure? So Cody, let's talk about this. I'm going to bring you a deal. Okay. America Home Offers. I'm yep. going to send you an email, molly at americahomeoffers.com. I'm going to send you a, a lead. If I send you a lead that you have to close for me, and you end up buying it as a fix and flip. How do I get paid on that? I mean, typically, if it's something that we have to close, you know, normally what we're going to do is usually take 60% upwards of 70%, depending on how many resources our team has to deploy. And the reason being is we got a team to pay on that deal as well. It's not just Oh, that goes into, you know, Pace and Cody's pocket. There's, you know, the the individual that helped lock up the deal on our team that has to get paid. Our transaction coordinator has to get paid. Our operations manager has to get paid. Like there's multiple people with their hands in the in the pie there that have to get paid. So that's typically what that's gonna look like. Um, if somebody brings us a deal on a platter and it's just, hey, here's a home run deal. Uh, I just want a joint venture fix and flip with that with you. You know, generally we'll take, you know, 60%, let them have 40%, but we do everything. We will buy the deal, close on it, fund it, renovate it, list it, sell it, close it out and cut them a check at the end of the deal. So they don't have to literally do anything and they could watch the whole process and learn, you know, from start to finish how that process works as well. Right. So, um, you know, here's the thing is like, this is an impossible thing. People that are 
really like black and white. They want to know what's the structure yeah. of exactly how to JV. Yeah. Um, well, I'll tell you the answer you want to hear, Darren, is that if somebody brings me a lead, here's what I typically do. If somebody brings me a lead, they can't close. Or if they're brand new, if you're brand new and you bring me a lead, you can't close. And I end up buying that deal. I'm probably going to pay you like 2,500 bucks max. And what I probably would rather do is pay you 500 or a thousand dollars because you brought me a lead. You didn't have to negotiate. You didn't have to buy it. You literally let me do 90% of the work, right? That's what I'm going to try and do as the buyer. I'm going to try and do that. Darren, I'm going to say that one more time for you. I'm going to try and do that as the negotiator and the buyer on that deal. But more often than not, here's what happens here in Arizona. People bring us deals in Arizona and we will partner with them. They'll bring us a contract um, or they'll bring us a lead. We did this with um, a lot of people here local. They'll bring me to an appointment. I'll lock up the contract. And just to show them how much we want to do more and more deals with them, we will pay them not only like a $10,000 assignment fee, but a lot of times we'll pay them 20% of our back end on our fix and flip because we truly want to do more JV deals. So Darren, I hate to say this, but the deal and the people and the level of experience changes the structure so dramatically that if anybody yeah. actually wrote to wrote a black and white, like here's a bar graph and a pie chart and a this, that, and the other, and here's an Excel sheet of exactly what should do, blah, 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 blah. Nobody would follow it, right? Nobody yeah. would follow it. But I would say that um, if you bring me a lead, okay, so here's a, here's a really good example. A couple of months ago, or I'm, I'm sorry, not even a month ago, I bought a deal in Atlanta on 504 West Branch Way from Jamari. Okay, did Jamari get the house under contract or did he just set me up with a phone call? He set me up with a phone call. You know what I gave Jamari for that phone call? And I paid full retail for this, by the way. I paid full retail for this property because I bought it subject to. What did I pay Jamari? Cody, what would you say I paid Jamari for a phone call for a sub two that I saved the seller, I negotiated, I got her under contract, we did the transaction coordinating, I paid for everything, I bought the deal. Jamari only had to give me the lead. It's gonna be a horrible guess, but 2,500 bucks? That is usually more than what I'm willing to spend, even $2,500. Okay, that's usually way more than I'm willing to spend. Cody's got a good guess. That's that's probably about average. If you don't even have the ability to get a house under contract and you bring the deal to me, I'm sorry, it's not a deal until it's contracted, okay? If you bring me a lead and I turn it into a deal, meaning I get the contract, I normally will pay you $2,500 or less for that phone call that you set up for me, okay? That's a phenomenal deal. However, how much did I pay Jamari? I paid him $10,000 as yeah. an assignment fee. And I'm going to tell you why I did that, okay? Because I'm a brilliant marketer, okay? Jamari got paid $10,000. And then on top of it, I bought him a $2,000 iPhone. And there's a reason behind that too. I paid Jamari $10,000 for this deal. Because I told Jamari, in order for him to pay me back, for me paying him such a high assignment fee, he needs to sell me another deal every single month. So my attempt 
at getting loyalty and more deals was paying him four times more than I would normally pay. So Darren, could I put that on an Excel sheet or maybe like a bar graph or a pie chart or some, you know, you know, thing that's all broken down of like, if you want it, no, it doesn't work that way. I want to more, buy more deals from Jamari. So I'm paying him $10,000. And if I do more deals with them, I freaking hate texting people with green bubbles. It's one of my three pet peeves. I can't stand it. I don't want to text people with green bubbles. And so I bought his ass an iPhone. And I, that is my dedication to Jamari that I want to do more and more deals with him, give him $10,000 and buy him a badass iPhone. And so for me, that will pay off in the future. Okay. Now, if it's somebody that I don't like, I've known Jamari for two years, but I've never done a deal with him. So I know Jamari is going to stick around, right? He has staying power. If it's a brand new person that doesn't have staying power, you think I'm going to pay them $10,000? Hell no. Nope. Because I don't know if they're going to be around in three months, right? They might be watching nope. YouTube videos and they have no actual support, no community, no nothing. And if I buy a deal and I pay them more than what it's it's worth, then they're going to be gone in two or three months. They just are. Guys, we've been in the business longer than you. So if you have a, an opinion other than this, that's all it is, an opinion. We have facts. We've been in this business long enough to know that some people stay in it, some people don't, just like any other business. And so if you're mm -hmm. brand new, I'm typically not going to pay you a tremendous amount because I'm not trying to buy your loyalty. I don't know whether you're going to be around in three or four months. And so I'm not willing to overpay you for a deal. That's all there is to it. With Jamari, I'm giving you a really specific example, everybody. I hope this is helpful for you. I am not stingy on money. In fact, I'm the exact opposite. I'm usually overly generous and I'm buying my um Mark Peacock, uh, Mike, Mark says, have you gotten any sleep since Monday? Maybe. Um, can we bring up possible, can you, can we bring up any, can you, can we bring you possible deals from anywhere? Hell no. I don't want to buy in half the country. Okay. And it's not that, um, Enrique says I'm in this for life. I believe you are right? However, if I'm doing a deal with somebody and I don't know you from Adam, then I'm going to pay you probably $2,500 or less for you setting up a lead for me. Now, if it's a contract, now we got a different story. Cody, how do we determine how much we are over, how much, if somebody brings us a deal, how do we determine an assignment fee we're willing to pay on the deal? As long as we're going to make typically 10 to 12% return on our money when we buy that deal. So, I mean, that's, that's really what we're looking for when it's a fix and flip. I don't care how much they make. They can make a hundred grand. We've paid $50,000 assignments, $70,000 assignments, $80,000 assignments. I'm paying a $200,000 assignment right now on a deal. It's like, who cares? As long as we're going to make money, it doesn't matter. I mean, the, the thing is when you're joint venturing with people is you should, they shouldn't be counting your money on your deal and you shouldn't be counting the money that they're making. If somebody right. brings us a deal, I hope they make as much money as possible, but we're only going to buy it for as much as we actually can make, you know, our, the return that we need to make on it. Let's, let's pull that up just real quick. Let me, let me just make sure people understand what you just said on the 10 to 12% deal. And we're not talking right now, guys, we're not talking about creative finance. We're just talking about deal uh, cash deals in general. Okay. So give me just a second. Um, if, Cody and I go sell a house for $500,000, right? That's our ARV. So the buyer, right? The family that buys this house from us, John and Mary Smith, they buy this house from us at $500,000.
Cody, how much net return do we want to have in our pocket to say that was a good deal for us? I mean, minimum fifty to sixty thousand dollars. And there's okay. going to be uh there's going to be a lot of buyers that aren't okay with that sort of return. That's not oh, most super... buyers we know are wanting twenty percent. Yeah, most people want way more than that. But the thing that we look at is, okay, we have a crew, we have a team that can go and turn these deals. We have capital to turn the deals. So for us, it's just, if we have the deals to turn and, and so, okay, so here's a caveat to this too. So if we have a deal that we're buying and we're going to have to put 150, $180,000 into renovation to make maybe $50,000. I don't know if we're going to do it because that's such a large renovation. So it kind of goes into where Pace was talking about earlier. Well, it kind of depends on the deal because in the JV situation, if this is a wholesaler that has staying power, that's been around for a while and we want to continue to establish a relationship. Yes. We'll maybe pay a little bit more for the deal. Yes. We'll maybe, maybe change up, you know, our return a little bit on that deal. Um, and, and the same thing goes for the actual deal itself. Like if I look at a deal and maybe we, you know, it's 500,000 ARV, but we only have to put five or $10,000 into it. Am I going to be okay with us knowing that we'll probably only make 40,000 on it? I'll probably say yes to it because it's the, you know, how long is this going to take? What's the capital required? What's the, you know, there's other factors that come into it. But generally, if we're putting it in a box, 10 to 12% plus, that's what we're generally looking for. But if I could close on a deal, like we're, we have this Hopi Trail deal pace that we, that we bought and we're going to put, which one's that? Is that a fix and flip? Yeah, it's in South Phoenix. So, so this deal, we're, Do I know this house. I don't know if you know this one, but we had, we closed on it a couple of weeks ago, tenants out or the residents out at the end of this month. And we'll put maybe twelve or fifteen thousand dollars into it. We bought it for two sixty, then we'll go list it for three forty, three fifty. Um, that's obviously a great deal. But if we can buy a deal that's that small of a renovation where our team's gonna go in it's, literally it's throw this, some car deal right here. Yeah, that's it. That's the one. Okay, so we bought this. Um, ooh, trustee sale. Laura, did Laura save it from foreclosure? Yeah, I would maybe scroll down on that. <laughs> oh, well, we already we already own it. Who gives a shit? We already own this one, right? Yeah. And then everybody in the side chat can kiss my ass. We already own this one. All right, so um, cool. So you, we saved it from foreclosure. Yep. And where's the? Do we have photo? Is it done? No, no. The t uh, the guy that's living in it, he moves out at the end of this month. Oh, wow. So we're willing to buy houses that tenants are in there. Yep. That's dope. That's a big, that's a big value. So those are the types of things that need to be determined as well. Like if I'm taking over a house that has a tenant involved, most buyers won't do that. Nope. Right. So you guys got to understand, like if you're bringing a deal where a tenant, you have some, your buyer has to close escrow on it and you have to take over a tenant there's a level of risk involved in that. So it's not just the 10 or 12% return that we're looking for. It's also the risk level of us. What if, we, dude, do you remember that freaking lawsuit we were in with that lady that saran wrapped our toilet in the middle of COVID? Like how much that stressed you out? Yeah, that was awful. Yeah. So like, guys, you don't understand as wholesalers, we wholesale too, but we don't consider ourselves wholesalers. We consider ourselves investors. Um, you don't understand the level of risk that cash buyers like ourselves go through 
we've had to go through litigation to get people out of these properties after we bought them. Look at uh, Lemon. Yeah, Remember when we bought Lemon? We had 18 homeless people basically just take over that house. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing that people don't don't see is, you know, the wholesalers. If you've never bought a property to flip and especially with one with tenants in it, people send me deals. And it's funny. They're like, yeah, the tenants in there, but they're nice. You know, they're they're chill. They're easy to work with. I'm like, you know how many times we've bought a house where they're like, yeah, the tenants are chill. Like they're they're easy. They'll get out when they're supposed to. How many if I had, you know, a a dollar for every time somebody's promised that that's happened. And it's actually, you know, I mean, it's just never happens. They're all, they always stay, they stay weeks, they stay months, they fight. You're somehow a butthole because, you know, even though you gave them three months to get out of the property, somehow you're still the bad guy that's making them leave the property. So yeah, that's at the end of the day, you know, those are risk factors, right? Like, so yes, our general ideas, like if we could make 10, 12 plus percent, I'm pretty stoked about that. We can keep churning money and making, you know, Cody, you're, you're freezing for a second. I'm going to pause you for a second until you come back. Um, you're, fr you're like frozen basically. Um, so guys, if you want a JV agreement, there's a JV agreement right here in the side chat. It's pacejmorby.com forward slash JV agreement. It's the JV agreement we use with everybody. Cody, wave your arm so I can see that you're back. Oh yeah, you're back. I don't know what happened, but we got to get you hardwired. Um, you're back. What were you saying? Yes. Um, I was just saying that, you know, where we do have a general 10 to 12% that we're looking to make on every fix and flip or more, we also weigh in the factors of, okay, we would make 10%, maybe 12%, but there's a tenant that's a problem that we have to get out of here. And there's things that they might damage the property. They might hold over. When we close on it, we're paying our holding costs for that entire time that we have it. And for everybody saying, I need hardwired, I scheduled the guys to do the hardwiring. They never did it. So they didn't show up. So I, you know, I don't know what to say. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so Two Munch Pie, that's a great name. Um, Two Munch Pie. How many states are you in outside of Arizona? Okay, well, I did a deal. I broke this down actually the other day, a buy, a, a buy box. I don't know where I put that buy box. Do you know where I put that? Uh, you put it in the Facebook group, in the Creative Finance Facebook group. Hmm. All right, well, I'm going to find, Cody, why don't you answer another question while I look for that real quick? Yeah. Oh, Jack's do. I've had nice roommates leave after not paying any money towards rent for months and then steal my wall microwave and my clothes when they left. Uh, Bilal says, what about cash for keys? Of course, you can promise to pay them to get out. We've done that. We've been, we've done, if you can imagine a way of getting a tenant out of a property, we have tried it and went through it. So just understand that that's, that's just part of it though. Like I, I don't really stress out about it as much now. I just kind of look at it as, you know, that's just going to probably be a problem and it's a cost of doing business. And that's, that's just part of the, part of the game guys. If you want to fix and flip, those are things you have to deal with. Uh, let's see what else. Does what it make you want to stop being a real estate investor when that kind of crap happens? No, it's just, Hey, like you're, I mean, so think about this guys. Uh, you can be a professional baseball player and have, get striked out seven out of 10 times. 
a good baseball. I don't know sports, but I just I've heard this years ago from from a mentor of mine. He's like, Cody, he's like, you don't need to be you don't need to you know win every time. He's like, you can be a great baseball player and be a pro and get striked out seven out of 10 times and get paid millions of dollars. So obviously we don't want to lose money seven out of 10 times on flips that we're doing. But occasionally there's going to be stuff that happens. We had a fix and flip currently going right now that we finished it up. Property came out great, expecting to make 30 grand on it. What happens? We get into the inspection period with our buyer. There's a stem wall issue that's going to cost us $20,000 to fix. You know, that sucks. But you know what happens is we're going to fix it. We're going to sell it. Maybe we end up making a couple grand on it still. Maybe we lose a couple grand. But you know what? We're buying another deal. We're going to buy another deal. We're going to keep working through those deals. But sometimes those things happen. You, you have stuff that comes up on projects that you don't expect. And so that's where, um, you know, you kind of have to just account for certain things like that happening. Pace is going to, he's, he's grabbing the buy box. So you guys can, can take a look at that. Alejandro Alvarez. Hey, what are your thoughts on paying a JV a big chunk of money in his personal name? Should he get his first LLC before he gets that or does it matter? Here's the thing, Alejandro. I, I appreciate you bringing that up. Um, we have, um, we always tell people use primecorporateservices.com. See, primecorporateservices.com forward slash zero to hero, I believe is what it is. Is that what it is, Cody? Yes. Okay. So, primecorporateservices.com forward slash zero to hero is um, a great way to get an LLC. So, I would tell everybody go get an LLC. We love prime corporate services. Here's the, here's the thing I, I don't care about other people's taxes. I don't care anymore. Like I just realized that people are dumb and they're going to take money in their personal name. And I really don't care. Like if I make money and my, my family, my team, everybody on our side is taken care of the JV person wants to get paid in their personal name, by all means, let them get paid in their personal name. I wouldn't go out of your way to try and educate them on that. They're going to end up paying 50% of that money basically to taxes because they didn't set up their LLC and they don't know what the hell they're doing. But um, I would, uh, pay them however you want to get that deal done all day long. I don't care. Yep. I just saw, I'm just going to give a tip to everybody on here. Bilal says I'm in the process of buying a flip with a tenant who says he'll be out in two months. And I don't really care what anyone's opinion is on this because we've been doing this long enough to just see this happen over and over. If you have tenants in a property that you're buying, don't ever go off verbal communication. Don't ever go off of anyone's word of, oh, I'll be out at the end of the month. I, you don't need to send me any paperwork. I'll be out at the end of the month because that's going to delay your process. As soon as you own a property and based on whatever state you're in, provide them the adequate notice that your state requires, usually some sort of notice to vacate that they need to vacate the property, is immediately when you're able to based on your state. And then if they don't vacate by that date, immediately start eviction. Immediately. There's no reason to wait. There is no reason to wait at all. It's just start the process. And there's going to be one of two things that will happen. One is they were great and they everything that, that came out of their mouth was true and correct. And they vacated and you didn't have to evict them anyway. So you didn't even have to go through the formal eviction. The second situation is going to be 
you actually have to go through with the eviction, but you didn't waste 30 days, 60 days of holding costs on the property because you thought they were telling you the truth. And it sounds cold, guys. I know it does, but it's it's business. This is business. If you if you're getting into this and you want to run a charity, go run a charity. But this we're we're here to make money. So that's that's what we do. In fact, you can't run a successful charity unless you have a lot of money. So go make money first before you go and freaking run a charity. Uh, we exactly. have Cody and I are building charities. You can't do charities without money. So go make money, you knuckleheads. <laughs> All right. So I've got a I've got this the link, but I don't know where to how to share this properly. So I'll share it on the screen, but I don't know how to get the link for it. That might be something. Maybe have it. everyone go to the Facebook group. Okay, it's right here, January 23rd. So that we posted this, you know, 15 days ago or so. Here is our buy criteria. Arizona, cash or creative. We will buy in Maricopa County, Pinal County, and Coconino. Um, California, we're actually buying. What's so funny is we're buying an, a house in the Hollywood Hills right now that is not a, cre it is not a creative finance deal. We're going to end up burying it. We are buying it with cash. And so... I really need to change this one. I feel so stupid that I made this big buy box and I broke it like within two weeks. Um, <laughs> we are buying a deal in the Hollywood Hills for 1.3. We're paying a $200,000 assignment fee. It's going to end up being a $1.5 million purchase. The ARV is like 2.4 and it's going to end up being a long-term Airbnb and also a corporate house where our team and maybe Cody and Hiel when they want to take off for a month. They want to go live in LA. They'll go live in LA for a month in the Hollywood Hills, Colorado, Denver, or surrounding areas, Florida, or uh, here, let me get rid of this fast search results. I guess this is probably fine. Let's make it a little bit bigger though. Okay. So Colorado creative only Airbnb worthy, Florida, uh, any city with a hundred thousand plus Georgia only Atlanta or 30 minutes from city center. I don't want to buy anything in a different part of Georgia because not that I don't have any, uh, uh, not that I have a problem with it. It's just that that's not where we buy deals for heaven's sakes. I had somebody ask me today, why don't you buy in South Carolina, but you buy in North Carolina? And the answer was very simple because a year and a half ago, somebody sold us a deal in North Carolina that we bought for $0 down and 0% seller finance. And we bought it in Fayetteville and we decided we liked Fayetteville after doing a bunch of research and now we own six properties in Fayetteville. We're going to continue to buy more and more deals where we started buying and start clustering houses together to make it easier on property management. Okay, Montana, Nevada, North Carolina, Tennessee, Texas. This is in the Creative Finance with Pace Morby Facebook group and I don't know how to um, give you guys a link for this. I'm very sorry. I don't know how to do that. It was posted on January 23rd at 7.12 p.m. So you guys can go back and find it. The way I found it is I went in the search box and I typed in Pace Morby. And I then went down and saw everything that Pace Morby posted. And I found this on January 23rd. Okay. Maybe what I should do is I should okay. repost it. That's what I should yeah, do. Yeah, that's a good idea. While you're reposting that. Kenny says, Pace and Cody, I ran across a fourplex 300 feet from the beach in Venice Beach. We you want if, We definitely want something like that for sure. <laughs> yeah, bring it to us. We'll buy that. Shoot, shoot me or Pace a DM on Instagram. Yeah, we'll buy it. We'll, we'll, and the thing is, like, um, we're, we'll pay good assignment fees for deals that make sense. Like that deal in Hollywood Hills, we're paying 200 grand 
And then we're doing a YouTube video with Tarek Al Musa from HGTV and bringing the person who brought the deal to us on the YouTube channel to give them some love and some eyeballs and, you know, give them more ability to do more JV deals. So all freaking day long, bring that deal to us. We'd love that. Love that. Ooh, here's a good one. Liz says, could you have found out about the stem wall issue before purchasing that property? We definitely could have. Here's the challenge is when you're buying from other investors, you don't always have weeks of time to send this inspector, that inspector, this tradesman out there to be able to check something out. Sometimes you have to do the best that you can with a short due diligence period and get quick eyes on it and buy the property with only being able to look at pictures. I know it sounds crazy, but we do buy properties without always seeing them if the numbers make sense. And this happened to be in an area of town where that type of issue is so extremely rare that this is the first time I've ever even seen that issue in Mesa uh, for this year build of a property, brick build property. So, you know, sometimes shit happens and that's part of life. But yeah, it yes, does. we it, could it, have. Yeah, you could have. We could have, but that's not how this works. I'm so sorry. Yeah. If you, if, if, if you every wholesaler are... sent us a deal. So if everybody on here, you want to send us a deal and give us seven full days to inspect it without sending it to any other buyers. Yes. We would have found that out for sure. Yeah. That's actually but, a really great, great point. Cause what happens is people, especially wholesalers, they'll push you really, really hard. And that's no fault of their own. That's just kind of the nature of this business is because if you don't, if you're not moving forward on the deal, they think that you're not a legit buyer. So they start yep. sending it to everybody else. Yep. And then you as a buyer get conditioned to go, oh my gosh, I have to make a decision almost immediately or I'm going to lose this deal. Yep. And that's the nature of this business. You can't get around that unless you're like, the. here's the funny thing is, the biggest paradigm shift that you'll have in this business is how easy it is to get your hands on a deal. Okay. It is so stupid, easy to get your hands on a deal. It's ridiculous. I, incredibly easy to get your hands on a deal. Okay. Whether you're fixing and flipping, you're buying and holding, or you're developing or whatever, or you're wholesaling. It is so damn easy to get your hands on a deal. Okay. Once you get past that paradigm shift of, oh my gosh, where are the deals? Because they're everywhere. Like literally we yeah. could do a deal every couple of hours, especially using our Facebook group or the sub two community or just our own JV network, right? We could do a lot of deals. The problem is once those deals start coming into you, you then now have a new paradigm shift that you can't buy everything because what happens is deals come to you. And by the time you go to reply and say, hey, this is a good deal or not, somebody else has already bought that deal. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. We get this all the time. Cody, actually, there was a deal a couple of weeks ago where you wrote uh, J Josh Barton an email and you were like, hey, this is probably not a deal. And he replied back, oh, yeah, it's already sold. Okay. Right. And you, you just learn that that's the nature of this business. So it's gone. If you don't move fast in this business, it's gone. It's, it's the same in any business. Shit. Yep. If somebody's if I'm an air conditioning repair person and somebody's air conditioning goes out and I don't pick up the phone and go service that and go pick up that job immediately, do you think that person with broken air conditioning is going to wait for me? Uh, no. Hell no. It's the I'm hot. same. I got a problem. Get Someone get over here. Somebody fix my problem. Right. Fix my problem. I'm, I'm, I'm inconvenienced. Solve my problem, right? Mm -hmm. 
Um, Sharita says, no investor will pressure me to work with him or her. Okay, well, tell that to me when you're doing 15 deals a month. Okay, you will be pressured. If you're in this business, you will be pressured. It is the nature of the business. And if that's the mindset you have of nobody will pressure me, great. Then if you want to do that, four deals a year, sure. You want, yeah, you want to do four mindset. deals a year and you, you don't want to JV with people, then by all means, that's the way you got to go. I understand the mindset because as an entrepreneur, I'm also an independent thinker yep. and I don't want people telling me what to do. But you yep. know what? I also play the game to win. And sometimes being uh, a winner doesn't mean you're always right or that you're doing exactly what you want. Sometimes you give in to what other people demand and that's perfectly fine. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is not some oppressive world that people are yelling and screaming and doing that kind of stuff to you. It's a world where somebody else is trying to make money and they're trying to make that money fast. And that, that industry has kind of become standard in that, in that way. Yep. Uh, Christian says you won't get the deal. hundred percent. You won't get the deal. So you got to go fast. Okay. Um, Christian says, true. I've sold deals in 30 minutes. Yeah. Yep. In fact, what we'll do a lot of times is we'll send a deal to a buyer before it's even contracted. We'll go, Hey, we're working on getting this contract. Um, you know, would you jump on this? And the yep. buyer says, yeah, I'll buy it at $300,000. And before oh. we can even go back to get the contract, like, when are they get? when are you getting the contract? When are you getting the contract? When are you getting the contract? When are you get? There's so much pressure from every single side in this business. Mm -hmm. Get used to it. Get used to it or get out. That's all there is to it. Get used to it or get out. Um, is the JV agreement through Rocket Lawyer? No, it's not. I don't think so. We have all of our documents written by um, Sean St. Clair, our actual law firm. What's is law, is Rocket Lawyer like one of those things that you pay whatever, like thirty dollars like a, a month very or something? Small fee, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, Carolina Allen says I offer my deals to preferred buyers first. Yeah, we do as well. For sure. All right. Um. Russian Eskimo, always asking very analytical questions. I like it. What are the best wholesaling markets with good cash buyers guaranteed? Are low ARV, dude, there's, dude. do you have any, do you have any, that there's not a single market in the country that doesn't have good cash buyers guaranteed? Because here, let me ask you a question. Russian Eskimo, name a market that doesn't have landlords. I'll wait. Let you do the research. Name one market in the country that doesn't have landlords buying rentals. One market in the whole country that doesn't have landlords because a cash buyer is a landlord. Guaranteed, those are cash buyers, okay? Are you talking about fix and flippers? Because if you're talking about fix and flippers, now we got a different conversation. But there's cash buyers buying everywhere in the country. Those are called landlords. If you're looking for a fix and flipper, also known as a cash buyer, Right. But there is a difference between the two because a cash buyer, a fix and flipper, typically, if I were you and you want to start in a, a market, it ain't going to be a cold market. Don't start in a cold market. Don't start where there's snow on the ground on Christmas Day. Start in a market where you could go and wear a t shirt on Christmas Day. That's a market that fix and flippers are fixing and flipping year round. There's tremendous growth. We call that the Sun Belt. Okay. The Sunbelt is a wonderful place to start. In fact, if you just Google Sunbelt, I, I, I guarantee you there's a map of exactly where the Sunbelt is. Let's do a little Google action on this, okay? Um, and we'll, I'll tell you exactly the markets, okay? Sunbelt, United States. 
There it is right here. Boom. Pretty simple. These are the markets to start in. Okay. There's a, there's a reason why. Oh, and check it out. Markets seeing the most growth. Isn't it ironic that these are the exact same? Okay. The markets with the most growth are all in the sunbelt, right? This is the sunbelt everywhere that it's warm. This is where you see the most growth. Now, it doesn't mean Boise's not blowing up. And it doesn't mean that certain parts, somebody's going to say, well, I know Boise's blowing up and it's a blah, blah. I, yeah, I get it. You're right. But the reality is these are the hottest markets in the United States. They will always be the hottest markets in the United States. And this is why we primarily focus on these areas, except New Mexico, because I'm not into buying meth. But if you guys want to start in a really hot market, Florida, Texas, Arizona, Southern California, super, super, super hot markets, tons of fixing and flipping, tons of development, tons of everything, year round. And what I see is I see a lot of people are going and jumping into like the New Jersey market. I, I don't know why anybody would do wholesale in the Jersey market when you have all those other markets. If you're like, I just want to, I live here in Jersey. I want to wholesale in Jersey. Great. Then I guess I understand. But why not just virtually wholesale in a market that's year round warm and people are fixing, flipping all year round. Your buyer of your product needs to buy your product year round, not slow down when it gets cold. So go find a market that's in the Sunbelt state. Super simple, okay? Um, also, fastest growing rental market. To answer your other question, Russian Eskimo, okay? Fastest I would also do, I would also look at doing deals mainly in markets that are landlord friendly. You have better, you have more buyers, more people want to buy rentals in landlord friendly states. Just throwing that out there too. Doesn't mean California is a bad one to buy in, but again, landlord friendly is gen if it's a hot market, Sundelt market, and it's landlord friendly, probably a good market. Now here's the thing is like Bilal, one of our sub two students, super smart, amazing guy. He's saying, stay away from Chicago. He does deals in Chicago. Okay. So we have a lot of students and a lot of people like um, Chester Texan is in Chicago. They only do deals in Chicago. It doesn't mean you can't do deals in those markets, but you asked a question. I give you an answer. The, the question was, what are the hottest areas? What are the <laughs> easiest guaranteed places? I'm giving you the answer. Um, Cody, what are your thoughts on virtual real estate? Are we talking about virtual real estate like the metaverse or virtually wholesaling? I don't even know anymore this world we're living in. So I'm not sure what, what we're asking. Yeah. Where do you want to um, take that? <laughs> virtual. Yeah, exactly. That's a great question. So thoughts on virtual real estate. I would say the majority of our assets that we are buying right now in our portfolio are outside of the Arizona market. So um, our thoughts are obviously we love virtual real estate. We love the fact that technology allows us to do deals with you guys all over the country. Mm -hmm. um, Andrea says both. Um, oh, virtual real estate. Um, let's do a Sunday service in the metaverse. I love that idea. Oh my gosh. Make, make that happen. Um, Munif, I'd love to see that. That'd be sick. Set us up. Okay. Uh, Terry Church says, Pace, is it true a landlord would pay more for a wholesale deal compared to a fix and foot buyer and the landlord buyer can buy more often? Cody, what's your answer? I wouldn't, I mean, it, it, again, that depends. Like it depends who that buyer is. 
if it's Blackstone, the hedge fund, yeah, they're going to buy more than everyone else will, and they'll pay more than everybody else will. But there's some buy and hold guys that they can only buy maybe three rentals a year, and then you can't sell to them anymore. And the fix and flippers are going to probably be more steady, consistently buying. But you have guys like Pace and myself where we'll buy rentals every month, but we'll also buy fix and flips every month. So there's not a, a yes or a no, or it's a, you know, these people do more than the other people. It's, it just depends on, on who the buyer is. So that's just where you have to establish those relationships with your buyers and understand what they want to buy. Yeah. Um, all right. So here's what I'm going to do um, next week for Sunday service. I'm going to give you guys a major, major gift. Um, so if you go to the Facebook group, we just reposted our buy box, right? So 11 minutes ago, it's right here. You guys can see it. I would go there and next week, if you guys show up for Sunday service, I got to tell Kelly to make sure we get every, all the new members. We have 250 people waiting to get into this Facebook group. Um, next week, if you guys show up, I'm going to spend another three or $4,000 on buying leads for you guys in Sunday service. I'm going to give those leads to um, sub two students. And you guys will be able to partner with those sub two students and do JV deals with them. By the way, check this out. I almost don't want to show you this because it's it's too amazing. Um, all right. So we're going to give you guys a free list. Okay. I'm going to show you something kind of cool. Alejandro Alvarez. I got to kind of change what his text message was. He says, bro, from the same list, I just got a verbal agreement from another buy in North, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina on another three acres. Got it for 70K, getting ready to assign the assignment for $180,000. That's $260,000 from a list I didn't pull or, call, or he even called. Okay, Alejandro Alvarez is exactly what we want. He's doing exactly what we want you guys to do with our list that we're paying for. We're paying for these lists and giving them to you. And people are making a quarter million dollars on a list that we paid for. Okay. So what I want you guys to do is come back to Sunday service next week. We'll actually pull some more lists. We are going to um, start using batch leads a little bit more because we want to show you guys tactical strategies. So next week, we're going to pull a couple of lists with batch leads and show you guys how to do this. And then we're going to show you how to load your list into a dialer and actually start making calls to sellers. We're going to start giving you guys a little bit more tactical strategies to start generating these leads, okay? Um, now, a couple more things before we leave. Cody, did you see my post about moving to a new market? Yes, I saw that. What were your I first was like, thoughts? oh, that's you've been talking about doing that. Yeah, for like a year, right? Yeah, yeah. I hope you don't end up in like some like crappy market. You know, I'm going to end up in freaking North Dakota, dude. <laughs> you know, I am. You get sent to like Wyoming, like some rural small town in Wyoming or something. I actually would not even be upset about Wyoming. I would be perfectly okay. Wyoming is really pretty. All right. So guys, last thing I'm going to say, um, I want you guys to jump into this training. We're going to be doing a training in a couple of weeks. It's completely free. You guys can see it's on AirMeet. We like AirMeet because it allows us to actually um, talk to you guys, bring you on stage. I'm copying the link and I'm going to put it in the side chat right now. We currently, uh, the Rams just won apparently. Awesome. That's pretty cool. Maybe that's not true. I don't know. 
Um, all right. So if you guys, <laughs> my wife just said, I'd like that. Honestly, she'd be okay with that. She'd like to go to Montana. I agree. I think we would actually enjoy my, I, I think North Dakota would be like the place we wouldn't want to go. All right. So, um, my wife is on the screen guys, Laura Morby, as you guys know, she is amazing. She finds deals for Cody and I every month. Usually sometimes she'll take a month off and then the next month she'll find us three deals in a month. My wife and I are going to be doing a training on Sunday, March 6th. And we are going to tell you how to enter into the sweepstakes to win the prize of having Pace, his wife, his kids fly out to your market and partner with you in your market for 30 days straight. I will pay for anything that the business needs. I will lock up all the deals probably because it's going to be somebody that has a nine to five. I'm sure, right? They'll have a nine to five and they'll be at, they'll be working at Starbucks and I'll be out working their business and getting them deals. That's basically what's going to happen. But during this air meet, we already have 1,268 registrations, which is awesome. We originally were only going to let 500 people in, but now we've got 1,268 people. Um, you've got to show up. Okay. You've got to show up to this training that my wife and I are going to be doing in order to get access to the sweepstakes. So we're going to call this zero to hero season four, where my wife, my kids, and myself fly out to your market. Um, Lucy says no words to describe how much we want to win this. Okay. Amazing. Um, yeah. Oh, Munif says he's going to have an Arizona party March 5th. I almost, Munif, you want to have the Arizona party at my house? I don't know if my wife would allow that with the brand new baby. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. We'll have to do another Arizona party after my baby is like three months old or something. <laughs> um, but Mooney, if you can come over and come hang out, we'd love to see you over here, brother. Okay. Um, and Brett, I don't want you taking time off, bro. I don't want you guys taking time off. I want you running your, your regular life. I'm going to come in and partner with you. Okay. And the training is going to be a two hour training where my wife and I actually lock up a deal live in less than two hours, okay? And here's what's going to happen. I think what will end up happening is that wherever I go, let's say it's Atlanta, I think what's going to happen is I'm going to rent an office space and I'm going to let anybody else work there while I'm working. I'm going to turn off all my other businesses. Cody's going to run all the shit. It's going to be amazing. I'm not going to answer phone calls for any business other than the business I'm flying in for. And I'm going to build that business. And what I'll do is I'll rent a big office space for like 30 days and I'll let anybody in that city come and work by my side. But my business and what I'm doing will be dedicated to the person that wins the sweepstakes. Okay. It would be dope if it was Baltimore. I would love Baltimore. I would love DFW. I would love New York. I would love New York. I would love New Jersey just to show you guys how easy it would be to do deals in Jersey, except I'm not going there in summertime or in wintertime. I'll only go there in the summertime. Okay. It'll be for the whole month of July and I will be bringing my whole family and I will dedicate 10 hours a day to your business. This is happening guys. This is amazing. I talked to Grant Cardone two days ago. He said that he is going to produce the content around it and he is going to put it on Grant Card GCTV. It's going to be That's pretty so epic. Cool. Pretty epic. Um, oh my gosh. I would love Washington. My, my life, my wife loves Washington. We would love Washington. I would love Oregon. I would love anywhere. The reality is I really don't care where it is. 
as long as it's not cold. And that's why we're choosing July. Like I'm over the cold weather. I'm just, I'm getting too old. My bones are getting creaky, all that kind of stuff. (laughs) John Harkar says, come to Boise. I would love that. John Harkar, I would love to see you in Boise, homie. Boise would be super dope. So um, if you guys have not signed up for that, um, air meet, that's coming up on March 6th on Sunday. My wife and I are going to be doing that training. It's right before Sunday service on March 5th. So that's in, I believe two, maybe three weeks. And we're not going to do a training in the classic sense. We're going to do an actual live demonstration where Laura will find a deal live. And if she does not find a deal live in two hours, I will give somebody in the audience a thousand dollars as penance for sinning and lying to you that my wife can get a deal done in less than two hours. Okay. Um, She will find a deal and she will assign that deal to a buyer in less than two hours. All right. Tabitha Jones. This is great. She says zero to hero season three or four. Tabitha is a smart girl. She knows that last summer we did season one of zero to hero in the fall of this year. We did season two, which was driving for deals. And now she's like, Pace just said it was season four. What does that tell you, Tabitha? That tells you that it's month February. We got March, April, May, June, and then July. You think we're going to go that many months without having another zero to hero season three? Season four is me traveling out to your market and partnering with you, but season three, okay, season three is going to be another zero to hero that we do between now and then. And that will be done as a full community together. We're currently thinking of a really great way to do that. We're thinking about doing a creative finance challenge. Um, But if we do a creative finance challenge, it's only going to be for sub two students, not for non sub two students. Um, What do you guys think? Do you guys think we should do zero to hero season three just for sub two students? Or should we do it as a full blown, like a community wide challenge? Last time we did it, we helped 300 people uh, get their first deal in 26 days. Munif was a major, major part of that. Um, A lot of our sub two students, Marika says full. Of course you say full, Marika, because you're not a student. But let's let's see what the students, all my students say. And for Russian Eskimo, same thing. Full-blown community. Of course you say that because you want free shit, which I'm fine with. Um, But let's hear what my students have to say. Okay. Sub two students, mastermind students, what do you guys have to say? Cody and I will do whatever you guys say. So you, I can see who are sub two students and I can see who are not sub two students. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I personally believe that most sub two students are going to say community wide because they recognize that they have a position of power and they can do JV deals with everybody in the community and the, the more wide it goes, the more opportunity they have to do more JV deals, right? Um, Carolina Allen, one of our leaders in sub two, sweet girl. Her and her husband are amazing. She says, the more, the merrier. And I agree with that. Cody, what are your thoughts if we do Zero to Hero Season 3 with everybody? Hmm. I mean, I think everybody would be great. More opportunities, more, more deal opportunities. Um, I like it. I like it. Um, Eddie, Eddie, sub two student and uh, mastermind student says, and he's one of the bash bros, one of the two bash bros. He says, let's help everyone. I agree with that. Personally, I agree with that. What would you want to do zero to hero season three on? 
Season one, we did a random market, right? We did a random market mm -hmm. and, hmm. Something, something where it's like, I don't know. Do you do something with agents? We could do something with agents. You know, Brad Lee wants to do a deal in Nashville, Tennessee, and I just bought a $4,000 list in Nashville. I wonder if what we do is we do zero to hero season three in Nashville and we show that we can get a creative finance deal done for Brad Lee in 30 days in Nashville, Tennessee. That would be sick. That would be sick. Mm -hmm. Or we do, because in season one of Zero to Hero, we show people exactly how to build their business, like step by step by step by step. Season two, we did it by driving for deals, which was really good. I'm wondering is what would be the marketing strategy and what would we do? Would we do cold calling? Would we do driving for deals again? What would we do? I think we do like agent outreach. That agent outreach in, na in nationwide? I guess whatever market we choose. Ooh, I like that. Liam says, imagine creating a swarm of people who can stop a foreclosure. I wonder if we do zero to hero only focusing on foreclosures in a specific market. That would be pretty dope. And then you could have Laura jump in, help stop some of the foreclosures, show a lot of that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. right? How about I idea. love that. You get to help a lot of people. You get to help a lot of just people in need in general too. Yeah, I like that. We could focus on foreclosures, bro. Saving a nation, a nationwide foreclosure, like help people out of foreclosure type of challenge. Holy shit, I like it. Okay. Should we get Matt to start talking about putting a challenge together. We get some brand new, what we should do is get some brand new VAs to kind of do it zero, kind of do it zero to hero season one style. And we get a couple of VAs from start virtual and we build a business focusing on zero on foreclosures or what, how do we do our outreach? How do we do that? I think we brainstorm it with Matt a little bit, but I like that. Call just calling foreclosures or or son. Okay. I love it. All right, we're gonna do it. Zero to hero season three, foreclosure, saving families from foreclosure is zero to hero season three. That's what we're gonna do. Um, people don't realize they're in foreclosure. Yeah, some people don't. Where are foreclosures happening? You must Everywhere. live in a Democrat state. <laughs> Our state's full on kicking people's asses out, yo. Yeah. Where do you, Keith, where do you live? You're going to say California, New Jersey, Washington, <laughs> Oregon, one of these, these freaking horrible states. <laughs> Am I right? 
Keith Wheeler. Keith, give, tell me where you're at. Keith, where you at? Where you at? Where you live, brother? Tell me where you live. That's why we do deals in markets where we can actually get people out of our houses. Beyond yeah. me, why people buy deals in markets where it's like, oh, yeah, you can evict them in like a year and a half, even though yeah. they aren't paying their bills. No, That's, thank you. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, Tech is like, he's obviously in Cali. Um, okay, cool. So what we'll do is we'll, and we'll do a virtual. Okay, guys, we'll do it in a virtual market. We won't do it in our own virtual. We won't do it in our own market. We'll do it in a virtual market. Okay. Um, here's a great question. Why buy a home when you can never pay and stay in New York? I don't know what that means. Do you know what that means? No, it's sarcasm. Why buy a home when you could just move in somewhere and then just stop paying oh, and live there forever anyway? I love, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. So we're, so here's what we'll do is we'll definitely do foreclosure. We will do virtual to show people they can go and do this anywhere. So even if you live in, in California, you live in New Jersey, you live wherever, doesn't matter where you live. We're going to show you guys how to do virtual deals utilizing foreclosure list only. Okay. And it's a very small niche list. You don't need like a big team of VAs. You need one VA. Like you literally just need one VA to call these foreclosures or you could text either one. Russian Eskimo says, Pace would love your opinion, Florida or Texas. I love both and can't choose. I would choose Florida. Non, it's a, uh, cause Texas is a non-disclosure state. Florida is yeah, easier, easier to comp and get data on. Okay. Alex Grunman, is that a new strategy? Cody, is that if our foreclosure is a new strategy? No, that's like the probably OG the oldest strategy. strategy in the book. Yeah. Okay. So what, here's what we'll do next Sunday, me, Cody, Matt, we're going to have a conversation about zero to hero season three, when we're going to launch it next week, we are going to vote on what city we focus on for Zero to Hero Season 3. So you guys can watch us. We're going to start a brand new business like we did for Zero to Hero Season 1. We're going to start calling foreclosure list just like we did for Season... Well, we didn't call foreclosure list. We called basically everything. But I want to just call foreclosure list. Super niche. Just jump right on it and show you guys exactly how to talk to foreclosures. Would you guys want to do a full-on foreclosure um, challenge? Only foreclosures. Let's save people from foreclosures. Next thing you know, all the auction houses and all the trustees are going to be like, "Where? What's going on with all the foreclosures? Half of our business just went out. I went out the out the window." Oh my gosh, I love it. We're definitely not doing it in Chicago. You got, you, Chicago sucks. You guys, everybody up in Chicago sucks. Thing is, I I don't want to do a deal. I don't want to do real estate in a place where I don't want to own anything. I don't want to own no. anything in Chicago. No. I love visiting Chicago, Chicago deep dish. It's so good. We have a lot of awesome students doing food. a lot of deals up there, but that's just not where we want to buy deals. That's it. I'm sorry. We'll do deal. We'll do, we'll take a vote on somewhere in the Sunbelt States because we're going to end up buying some sub twos and some seller finance deals. I'm sure out of this situation, it's going to be in the Sunbelt guys. Okay. And we are going to do season three of zero to hero and show you guys how to focus on foreclosures. Honestly, I like this because I feel like everybody's like, how do I start in real estate? It's like pull a foreclosure list, cold column, get a contract, wholesale it. Wait, what? It's that simple? Yes. Love it. All right. Um, Sunday service, y'all. Every uh, next week, we're going to be giving away lists. 
And we are going to announce the city for Zero to Hero season three. Cody, Matt, myself, we're going to talk about a strat. We're only going to do a two. We're only going to do a two week Zero to Hero. Matt is going to primarily run it. Maybe a couple of the sub two students are going to help run it as well. We're going to show you guys how to start a business from scratch. We're going to get a brand new LLC. We're going to get a bank account. We're going to get a company name. We're going to put a website together all on day one. Day two, we're going to have leads coming in. Day three, we're going to be talking to sellers. We're going to show you every little thing. We're going to take a vote on what time of day we're going to do it. We're going to take a vote on what market we focus on. And we're going to show you guys exactly. Diego, I don't like agents. So we probably aren't going to do a lot of agent outreach. I, I don't like agents. So Cody likes agents. I don't. So I'm not going to waste my time with agents because I don't enjoy them. Some of my students like working with agents. I don't. So sorry. Um, I'd rather go directly to the source. Now, Jamil likes talking about agents. And if you guys want to go do an agent challenge, maybe we can do a, a like a collective or a collaboration for like zero to hero season five. Zero to hero season five could be literally just agent outreach with Jamil. And we just do a massive collaboration. That might be the way to go. Um, so next week, um, Javier Rosa says, Hey, how much is the class or how can I sign up? Bro, zero to hero is free. You just got to sign up. It's, um, we're going to be doing zero to hero season three in a, probably a month, maybe a month and a half. And we will have a blast. Um, Cody, what do you have to Guys, say, bro? Have an amazing week, everybody. If you are listening to us for the first time, make sure to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. We're here every Sunday, 7 PM Arizona time. Thanks for tuning in, those of you that were watching the Super Bowl. I noticed as the game ended, like some of the viewers like started ticking up a little bit. So. Yeah, we almost we almost hit four hundred tonight. About half of our normal viewership. Um, guys, we appreciate you. We'll see you next week on Sunday Service, where we're going to be talking about what market we're going to be doing. We're going to Cody and I are going to pull some lists, um, some foreclosures on batch leads, and we're going to choose a market for Zero to Hero Season Three. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Later. Oh.